0: Father, we, um, we need you. We ask by your spirit that you would speak to us through your word. Open our eyes and our ears and our minds and our hearts. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Okay, good news. I've only got a 45-minute sermon today. So it's actually it's going to be a little homily for you. Okay, what do you get when you put the first four to five minutes of the Fellowship of the Ring, that's number one, of the Lord of the Rings, you know, the one with the rings and the backstory and all that stuff. Okay, so what happens when you put that scene into a blender with the scene from Santa Claus 2, you know, the one Scott Calvin, okay, when Principal Norm Newman finally believes as she peers into the snow globe? Do you know what kind of smoothie you get? An Advent smoothie. Deep darkness, hopeful longing, waiting for God to arrive, longing for him to make things right. And similar to all the great tales, mainly because they're just copying ours, I don't know if you know that our great tale, our story has giants and royals and great battles and heroes, both male and female, well, thousands of years ago, the prophets of Israel, they foretold of the restoration, the blessing of all nations, the renewal of creation itself. Bobby Gross described our present moment really well. He said this, from our perspective now, we see that these vast promises, those of the prophets thousands of years ago, they were all fulfilled in Jesus and yet not fully fulfilled. He announced a kingdom at hand and yet spoke of a reign to come. We who belong to him are a new creation, yet we groan for the day when the whole cosmos will obtain for us the freedom of glory. And so we find ourselves in this time of now and yet to come. The season of Advent dramatizes this for us, this tension. The hopes of ancient Israel resonate in us, And they amplify our own hopes as we wait for the full redemption to come. As Robert mentioned, today is day one of our Christian year. You'd think that we'd start with Genesis 1 with the creation account or even maybe Matthew 1 with uh, the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. At least to me, those seem like natural places to start in the Christian new year. But instead, our lectionary gives us four readings that describe despair and sin and the second coming of Christ deep darkness and apocalyptic light so i want us to begin in the light last week pastor robert finished up our seven and a half month series on the book of first corinthians and wouldn't you have it that the lectionary has us right back in first corinthians i think that is amusing <laughs> we're not going to read it all but some of them are up here on the screen Uh, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you. Here it is. So that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know because we've heard it for seven and a half months that Paul wrote this epistle and he wrote it to the church in Corinth. We also know that this epistle was written around 55 AD. But what I want to point out is that this letter was written 20 to 25 years after Jesus' resurrection from the dead. It's a bit of a Captain Obvious here, I know, but it's important for us to remember that the Corinthian church was planted after Jesus' birth, it was after Jesus' first coming, it was after Jesus' earthly ministry, and it was also after Jesus' resurrection. But in verse seven, listen to what it says, as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus already was revealed. So what Paul is talking about is his second arrival. Right? He'd already been born of the Virgin Mary. He'd already had this earthly ministry. So he's speaking of this second arrival of which Jesus spoke of. And so we find uh, when we study the book of 1 Corinthians is that the Corinthian church was living in between those two arrivals of the Messiah. And that is where we are today, stuck in the middle Now, Paul doesn't tell us a whole lot about what his second arrival will be like, but Mark chapter 13 fills in those details. But in those days after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will be falling from heaven, the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. He's going to send out his angels to gather the elect from the four winds, From the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. And then the verse 32. Now, but concerning that day or that hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And so be on guard. We've heard the rest. It's a pretty cosmic scene. Um, N.T. Wright said of this passage, he said, Advent speaks of the time, it's here on the screen, when the thin but opaque curtain hangs in the midst of reality. The bright veil between heaven and earth will be ripped aside. Our present reality, existing, did we but know it, a hair's breadth away from the terror and splendor of God, would be confronted with that other capital R reality, setting the cosmos burning and bubbling. I like what uh, Dr. Wright said there. So I was sort of kidding when I, put, when I made us an Advent smoothie earlier, when I put Lord of the Rings and Santa Claus 2 into the blender. What I was trying to show us was that there's this tension in the season of Advent. But what I think makes more sense and actually follows um, N.T. Wright's thoughts is that Advent is more akin to waking up as Professor Elwin Ransom in Malacandra that's um, C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy, and realizing that you live the life that you live isn't nearly as vanilla as it seems. That there is a more real capital R reality than what we can see on this terrestrial ball. Okay, I want you to close your eyes. Now I want you to go back to first grade. You remember that field trip where you went to the planetarium? Okay. Maybe it was in your homeroom class and they just did the blow-up thing. Maybe you went to the actual planetarium downtown. But there you are. You're in first grade. You've just had lunch, so you're feeling good, okay? And I want you to imagine the darkness of the space. And then by tens and hundreds and thousands, stars come into view and planets. This is the cosmos, Now keep your eyes closed still and hear again Mark chapter 13. In those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken and then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. You can open your eyes. This cosmic scene is real. And this cosmic scene will play out one day and all life as we know it will be caught up with the heavenly reality. The season of Advent affords us space to consider Jesus' cosmic return to earth if we would just take her up on her offer. Time to consider that we are in the middle of this cosmic drama, to consider that what we can see is but a sliver of that which is most true. And yet, just like the Corinthians in 55 AD, we live in between Jesus' arrivals, yes, He was born, yes, he lived and ministered and did the miraculous, but he died and he rose again, and we live in this in-between time, in-between his arrivals. And if we're honest, it doesn't always seem uh, that glorious and that cosmic and that spectacular, does it? Life in the in-between can be dark, it can be disappointing, and it can be pretty vanilla. in desperate need of salvation. This is our reality in between. Isaiah 64 adds, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble. As when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your known, cause the nations to quake before you. But when we continued to sin against them, you were angry. How then can we be saved? All of us, have become like one who is unclean, and all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind. Our sins sweep us away. Life in the in-between. A people stuck in sin, unclean, separated from God. But in verses 8 and 9 of Isaiah 64, we hear hope and we see light. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. Oh, look on us, we pray, for we are all your people. Isaiah, like all of the Old Testament prophets, was looking forward to all of this, to this coming day when Messiah would come when sins would be forgiven. For those prophets, it was all in the future. For us, it's all in the past. We're in this middle, right? We are those blessed ones that live after most messianic prophecies have been filled, fulfilled, but not all of them. And so we, in the middle, we wait for the full redemption when Jesus will arrive in the clouds with great power, and glory, and he's going to dispatch his angels to gather his elect ones from the four corners of the earth and from the heavens. Look, I know that you're going to go to a bunch of Christmas parties, um, I know that you're going to get swept up in commercialism, you're going to buy a bunch of gifts. I am too. And isn't it funny how Black Friday sales are still going? It's very interesting. They are very persistent. They want you to buy their stuff. And I have. But over the next four weeks, I want to invite us as a community to find a rhythm in which you, as an individual child of God, where you can slow down, where you can get quiet, and where you can consider your future. Because the more real, capital R, reality is that Jesus is coming back in power one day. And as Mark said, the day and the hour we do not know, so stay alert and be ready. Because the Messiah will come back again, and he will make all things right. And so my encouragement to us is find some time. Better yet, make some time. Consider his second coming. Consider that cosmic reality that Hollywood can't get right even if they dumped $20 billion into a movie to depict it. They would still miss the glory that is coming want to close with a few words from our collect. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and to put on the armor of light. Now, in the time of this mortal life in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal. Through him who lives currently and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen.